Welcome to Window Gazing, the podcast where two TikTokers try pretty desperately to stay on the intended topic. In this episode, we talk about conspiracy theories, and we list out some conspiracy theories and what we think about them. Contra Tenor tells me about statistics and how to live life with a discerning journalistic integrity, and I hope you enjoy. So today we're talking about conspiracy theories. And it's a good one. Y- yeah, you went through a week where you were just talking about aliens for a while. <laughs> and I loved all those videos. And um, so I wanted to talk to you about conspiracy theories because I think there's so much interesting um there's so much interesting perspective and it's a way of getting to know someone too. Yeah, it's like a, it's kind of one of these weird sort of uh, wedges you can use to sort of siphon out your audience, you know. And it, I find like now if I get together with old groups of friends, we sort of like trade notes on who's like gone sort of in, into the rabbit hole. So was, and that never used to be the case, right? Like that was not even an idea that would happen. Yeah, like, like I have who, friends who, who from our friends has fallen off from reality? Yeah, totally. Like I had friends who definitely went into like the health food world, but that was just like, they just thought like, I don't want to eat McDonald's because I'll die, which is actually a reasonable thing, right? Yeah. Um, But it was never like, I want to eat oats, but also I believe that the FDA is conspiring with Pfizer to poison our water supply or something, right? Like that would, that would be a little like, oh, that's an eyebrow raiser, you know? Um, So I feel like things have definitely accelerated. Uh, for better or worse probably worse in my opinion but yeah how would you define a conspiracy theory oh that's a hard question um that's a great question though that's that's like that's like asking a right winger uh, how do you define woke you know (laughs) yeah I was so surprised to hear that there is no definition for woke because I can't I certainly can't define it I know what it means yeah it's like basically anything vaguely leftist that involves uh, paying attention to one's own speech, I guess that, that I guess that that would be my rough hand definition hmm. of woke. Um, but yeah, conspiracy to me, a conspiracy. Okay. I guess colloquially speaking, a conspiracy theory to me is um, the idea that there is a person or a small group of people with insider knowledge who um, maintain very um, concerted, control over various aspects of our lives and that they are hidden and are not known by the wide wider public. And um, they are behind um, covering up or propagating certain things uh, that run completely counter to conventional knowledge. That's just po- totally pulled out of my rear end at this point. Okay. That, that, if I'm thinking about it, that that's the definition I would put on the table. Okay. Right? So I looked this up on the web and you got so close to that definition you're like clearly a writer so (laughs) um it is defined by the web as a belief that some secret but influential organization is responsible for an event or phenomenon yeah that's much simpler that's much more uh, parsimonious i like that one better (laughs) yes Um, But I also wonder if it's a belief, right? Because I think this is the thing we need to acknowledge off the bat. And this is the thing that people always jump down my throat whenever I talk about this stuff. It's like, but some conspiracies are real. 
So I think that is absolutely fair. Like uh, there are absolutely real conspiracies. Um, but in my view, they're like really penny ante in the grand scheme of things. Meaning like there was a conspiracy here in Canada among grocery companies to fix the price of bread. That is a real thing that actually happened. Um, there are things that are like pseudo conspiratorial, but not really between like big, you know, uh, chemical companies, for example, who work in concert with lobbyists, uh, but they would never say that in public, right? Um, you could say that like Big Tobacco's long-standing um, court battle to sort of fight against the restriction against tobacco products uh, under the uh, false pretense that it was healthy for you or, or non-harmful for you, that was obviously kind of conspiracy, right? So I'm not, I don't want to say that there's no real conspiracy theories or that all conspiracy theories are false. I just think like the kind of conspiracy theory that would require a multitude of international conglomerates to work together. To, I think those are, those are the ones I have trouble believing or just flat out don't believe. I think <clears throat> conspiracy theories require belief in something that has no, uh, no way of being proven or disproven and right. that's usually where they start so uh i follow i've followed a few conspiracy theories on like podcasts that i've listened to and they always have the quality of like there is a very reasonable thing that they start with and then every bit along the way down the rabbit hole of the conspiracy is confirming what has happened in the real world through some crazy, windy uh, reasoning. And those lines of reasoning require a lot of belief, require a lot of like, well, I believe that this is happening. And so um, the difference between conspiracy and conspiracy theory is like that belief piece. Um, we have all kinds of beliefs that we operate on that a lot of us like agree on. I would say the idea that capitalism is bad for people is probably a belief system. Um, there's not really a way to test that. It's just we kind of have a feeling that that's what's going on. Um, right. And so there's like a lot of under that litmus test, there's a lot of things that you could categorize as conspiracy theories. It's interesting. There are also certain conspiracy theories that I believe in and some that I don't. And I was like, what is the difference between those things? And so I what's think, one that you believe in? I'm okay. Curious. So I'm gonna so I'm gonna list a few conspiracy theories out that are like very popular. And there's one okay. that I found that I was like, oh my god, we gotta talk about this. I had no idea about it. Um so, like, for example, the conspiracy theory of QAnon. Okay. Um, and what I ex what I believe Q QAnon to be or what I had heard QAnon was is like someone high up in the government has like ultra, ultra amazing clearance and has access to all these documents. And it's basically like, oh, Trump isn't an idiot. Trump is like trying to save America. Right. Um, and like none of the QAnon stuff like works for me. Like that's not one that I believe in. I think most most people I know have been like, well, what's going on with this QAnon stuff? Um, yeah. 
So QAnon's one I don't think either of us believe in. Correct. Um, I think that's been thoroughly debunked as well, right? Like they know the guy who is almost certainly yeah, in those posts. Yeah. Yes. And just like basically anybody that comes out on the internet and says like, I'm this big deal person and I know all this stuff. I'm like, wait a second. Anybody who's who needs to come out on the internet and say, say they're a big deal, they're not a big deal. Um, it's kind of like people who are actually rich don't buy big fancy cars because they don't need to prove to anybody that they're rich. The people who right. buy big fancy cars are people who are like barely rich, who need right. to show off their um, whatever. So I was like, oh, that doesn't seem real to me because anybody who had that clearance would be like not not flaunting it. Um, uh, what do you think about flat earth stuff? Well, I mean, that's equally silly, right? Like there's, um, to me, the thing with flat earth is uh if you actually a lot of conspiracy theories to me are like proving they try to point out how it's covered up or why it would be covered up but they never actually try to prove the positive right so they what they don't do is they don't look at empirical evidence to say this is the this is the objective observable fact of the world and this is why we believe that the model of a flat earth matches it more accurately than it than uh you know a, a global earth or whatever but the thing is, they can't do that because the, uh, the the knots that you immediately tie yourself into once you try to prove the positive of flat Earth or just immediately destroy your argument, right? And there's a great documentary they did, I think, can't remember what it's called, on on the whole flat Earther movement. And it ends with this incredible and very well uh, designed uh, empirical experiment to prove that the Earth is flat. And then they end up inadvertently proving that, in fact, the Earth is curved, right? So, so I think uh, that one is like, um, bears no interest for me whatsoever in terms of like the actual substance of it. But what I do find interesting is like, and what's not actually not even, it's actually very rarely talked about is like how the link between the flat earth conspiracy theory and like the fundamentalist Christian worldview. Right. And that's very hush hush because a lot of flat earthers wouldn't immediately identify themselves as, as uh, fundamentalist Christians. But if you dive deep enough into that that rabbit hole, you see that a lot of the people propagating this, oh, surprise, believe that God created the heaven and the earth in seven days and the firmament and all this sort of thing, right? And so you, that, that least makes more sense to me, culturally speaking. Flat Earth is one of those ones that's so clearly showing the aspect of conspiracy theories where it requires a, an inherent belief in the thing and yeah. not a lot of investigation usually with conspiracy theories they're non-falsifiable this one is very yeah. falsifiable <laughs> it's like that very so yeah. yes and yeah, it's yeah. so fascinating um that it could exist uh so there's that one you talked a lot about aliens and ufos so yeah. i don't know if we want to say like ufos are like a whole group like, what do you think about aliens? So this is, it's interesting, because as you were talking about the least plausible conspiracy theories, it's like, oh, she's going to talk about aliens, and then I'm going to have to get a little murkier, because, like, just in the last two weeks, um, maybe it was like three weeks, I can't remember who it was, but some legitimately high up former American, you know, agency person basically came out and said, yeah, we're, we're uh, we, we've, we've recovered material from crashed ufos um and we're analyzing them in government and you know this is like it would be one thing if like like there's a very famous figure in ufo circles uh 
Bob Lazar or whatever. And, and, and he's like said, oh, I used to be a physicist. And then people have looked into his history and found out that he completely over-exaggerated his role. And there's a lot of people like that, right? Like there's a former Canadian cabinet minister who came out in his very, very old age to say that aliens exist. I've seen the government prove, but you know, these aren't, these aren't people that, these are people who you could legitimately see as having a lot to gain by making up stories. Right. Whereas this person was high up, high up enough that you, you know, you had to at least stroke your chin a little bit uh, to be like, well, what's going on here? You know what I mean? Uh, but I still, the thing is, I'm willing to say, I don't know with regard to, you know, uh, the level of knowledge of our governments about the existence of, of uh, you know, aliens in space or whatever. Um, but again, if you actually think about this clearly, um, you know, you'd have to think, well, how many, how many agencies would have to know about this and how many people would have to be, you know, sworn to secrecy to cover this up for it to be like legitimately plausible. And that's when it gets a little trickier, you know? Um, uh, so that one is still like, that one I'm, I'm, I'm much more agnostic on saying yay or nay against. Like I'm a reasonable person when it comes to these things. Like I don't want to slam the door shut on, on, on that sort of thing. But, um, but that's where it gets murkier. That's where it's a little less clear that you can false, like you can believably falsify that kind of thing, you know? I, uh, so I totally believe that there are aliens and UFOs. <laughs> okay. um, so that's your, that's the, that's the, okay. That's the green light. I'm not a great source on this because I have always believed no matter how much evidence came out. So you could say that my uh, green light on this is based more in my belief system. Um, right. I know all the Bob Lazar stuff. I listen to every Joe Rogan podcast where he interviews um, UFO people, both credible ones and not credible ones. Um, yeah. And there have been a lot of different government officials, military men, highly respected people with logical minds who have no reason to make this up. And I thought during the pandemic, the government, like the US government released something where like, yeah, UFOs exist. We have no idea what's going on. And I remember it coming across my For You page where they were like, so much happened is, has happened in 2020 that the government just said, just plainly said UFOs exist and nobody noticed. Yeah, like I think they're definitely seeing something up there. Um, and I think they legitimately in some cases don't know what it is at all. And I think that there's definitely an internecine battle between various agencies on how much they're willing to like reveal about this. And I think there's, see, this is where it gets murky, right? Because, um, you know, I think it was Leslie Keene who's, who's done a few stories for the New York Times on the fact that, you know, the government was aware, like, you know, the, the, the famous... Uh, you know, I can't remember, flick videos of the of the fighter jets seeing things and, and accounts from totally sober-minded pilots who legitimately say we saw this incredibly bizarre and physically impossible aerial phenomenon out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean or whatever. Um, so those are things that you have to, you can't just dismiss completely out of hand, right? Um, and so I think there is a gray area there between, you know, something like asserting that it's it's very possible, if not even likely, that the government is in some way or form covering up something about the existence of aliens. It's something, it's like, you can say that, but then going from there to say, like, the aliens have infiltrated our government and we have, like, mm -hmm. a secret proxy alien. You know what I mean? But this is, like, this is, this is, like, the line between what we know empirically and can report in a major national newspaper uh, between what we're literally just making up for the sake of, like, 
making things a little more interesting, you know? And I think that's where, you know, I, that's where I have a lot of sympathy with people who question, you know, the official story on what's going on and, and then, you know, uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, because yeah, I, I, I don't know why I find UFOs fascinating. Uh, I think cause I saw one, I saw one when I was in my, mm. uh, when I was in my uh, early twenties and I love, I love my UFO story because it's so innocuous, but it's also one that a lot of people have shared with me that mm. they've seen the same thing. And I remember I was at a party uh, and this was probably the early two thousands in Toronto. I was visiting cause I was going to university of Montreal and I was visiting friends in Toronto. I was at a rooftop party and it was just this beautiful night. And uh, we were just having drinks on the roof. And then a friend of mine, one of my oldest friends, and I saw this light. And it was like not a satellite. It was not an airplane. It was a very clear light. It wasn't a laser. And it was moving across the sky in this very direct sort of triangular, angular way. And it would move. It would slow down. It would stop. Then it would move again and slow down and stop. And can I 100% say with certainty that this wasn't some sort of weird projection from the city. No. Uh, but knowing what I know about those things, I know I strongly believe that wasn't the case. So I remember I saw this thing. It's like, that's really weird. And it's really weird that we're both seeing this and we're just going back to our party and having drinks. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of people have had experiences like this where they see something that they know doesn't make any sense whatsoever, uh, but they don't panic about it. They don't need to go to Reddit to post about it. They just sort of put it in the memory banks and then sort of go on with their lives. So so for that reason, I'm not, I, I can't dismiss those experiences out of hand. Um, and also just from the, like the fact that I've read a lot of Leslie Keen's work on this subject and the fact that the Times has willingly posted about it and the fact that there are very legitimate high up people who say that there's like crash retrieval programs and and so I, I like, to me, it's like, there could be something more than meets the eye, but I'm just like, to me, it's like the old Wittgenstein quote, that of which I do not know, I cannot speak, right? So I don't know for certain, so I can't say for certain one way or another, and nor am I willing to speculate because I just don't know. So I'm willing to wait for people who know better than me to come out with this information. Yeah, I don't think aliens have infiltrated our government. I don't think yeah. that they need to. Um, I, the way that I think about our relationship with, uh, aliens, if there are any, is that they are observing us in the way that we may observe dolphins and sometimes coming down and taking samples and seeing how the civilization is going, uh, and much more mental capacity than we probably have much more ability to bend uh, the laws of physics than we do. Uh, and I don't know, I think the universe is huge and life probably did develop much faster than we develop than intelligent life developed here. And yeah. it just comes by and like, Oh yeah, they're, they're doing okay. Oh, they seem to be fighting. Oh, we don't need to like have some widespread takeover because that would um, that would communicate that like there is any amount of equality between them and us. And it would be like us trying to fight dolphins. We're like, we, we took over your whole world in one day. Like it would be not not a big deal to us. So yeah, that's kind of the way that I think about it. And I'm like, yeah, we peacefully coexist. Maybe we'll like understand that they're there at some point but it doesn't affect my life that much and i don't yeah. have to like make it a reason that like something is happening to me 
Yeah, and this is why, you know, I, I mean, I realize I'm probably in the minority here, but this is why I question the MO of the government. And this is what a lot of people always posit. It's like, well, we can't, this, this can't be public knowledge because then society would fall apart or whatever. And I guess no. like, but I'm just like, nah, I think people would be like, all right, that kind of makes sense, right? It's a big universe here. You know, I just don't, I, I think that we, they don't give us enough credit. And then of course they posit, well, maybe the uh, origin story of these aliens is frightening enough for us that we, it would cause society to break down. And again, I'm like, well, what, you know, I've read some of the theories and some of the, what, you know, people sort of posit is, and so there's all these sort of very um, ornate theories about how they're like, uh, I, I think I read most recently, there was a big Reddit LARP from someone claiming to be a molecular biologist who said that he studied these things and, and that uh, they're sort of uh, artificially generated and, uh, and they seed life around the universe. And we're just one of their pet projects or sort of like a chia pet for them more or less, <laughs> uh, because if they make intelligent life, then it like, and sort of, and there's this other thing that a lot of conspiracy theorists love to do is they really, for some, and this is what I'm fascinated by, is that conspiracy theorists need to draw a connection between the existence of aliens and uh, spirituality in the afterlife. Mm. So those two things, they need to link together and they're like part of the same universe, right? It's like people need to like get DC and, and the Marvel universe to like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's funny. Um, yeah, and so but it, I find that really fascinating. Like, why would something as genuinely worldly and secular, like worldly, pun, no pun intended, but as like, you know, the existence of alien life does not preclude the existence of the afterlife. Those are two completely separate conversations. But yet anytime people talk about aliens, especially in a conspiracy theory context, they always bring up like psychics and spiritualism and the afterlife. And I'm like, why? What's with all the extra baggage you need? to bring into this you know so i find that's really interesting as well um but yeah probably, no i mean i yeah go ahead probably we're looking out beyond the stars and we're like well out yeah. there is where heaven is <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah totally, totally. <laughs> aliens and angels they come from the same place yeah totally there's probably something to that yeah um the last so this is a hard hard uh transition the last conspiracy theory that i wanted to bring up because it's the one that i have the most difficulty um maybe getting rid getting out of my mind is um the conspiracy theories around 9-11 right and those came out when i was very young and i was exposed to a lot of like the conspiracy theories like some of the earliest internet um like viral videos were about 9-11 conspiracy. And I was like all into it when I was younger and it was like a hyperfixation. And I'm not a particularly scientific person, so I don't have any way to falsify that. And then I would hear things come out like, oh, well, jet fuel actually does melt steel. And I was like, damn, okay. Well, there's increasing holes in this um, this conspiracy theory uh and i don't know the initial documentary that came out about it i was like wow this seems like pretty decided pretty zipped up and um good conspiracy theories are like very good at at doing that i think mm. um but for me i still struggle with the fact that uh world trainer world, world trade center building 7 collapsed but it wasn't hit by anything yeah I mean, I know enough engineers that, you know, that that question, if you actually spoke with an engineer about, they, you know, they, 
unless they were already sort of signed up for the for the uh you know bush did 9-11 theory then they would could probably give you a reasonable explanation for that but my issue with that is like so this is this actually this is a really good example because this gets into my beef with conspiracy theories in general so they take something that's legitimately worth talking about so for example um you know, Bush came into office with a very clear mandate to do something about Saddam Hussein, right? Mm -hmm. um, he was not interested in international terrorism at the time. Um, although, um, you know, that was like, obviously going on because, of, you know, and I remember when 9-11, the morning it happened, and this is even before they speculated, I knew it was Osama bin Laden, because I knew about the 1998 attack. Mm -hmm. And any reasonable person who knew anything about world politics knew that this was almost certainly an al-Qaeda slash Osama bin Laden led terrorist attack. I, I knew that immediately. This was not mm -hmm. like something that came out in the news. Um, like if you just had to put two cents together and you could figure it out. But my issue is like you take something that's legitimately worth talking about, which in this case is that would George W. Bush want a pretense for an invasion of Iraq? Um, yes, right. Yes. Would that precipitate something like ignoring credible th terroristic threats as right. a possible geopolitical opportunity to take advantage of that thing happening to, you know, commit troops to invading Iraq? Um, I think that's something worth talking about. Now, would I think Bush deliberately ignore something credible happening to the World Trade Center involving the death of 2000 people? Probably not. What, did I think it absolutely played in his favor? And do I think on the day that 9-11 happened, he probably had conversations with Dick Cheney et al. about taking advantage of this moment to focus on Iraq, which he did almost immediately after 9-11. And that's all on the record as being like, yes, you know what I mean? So it's not, you don't have to be a conspiracy theorist to say like, yes, it is absolutely plausible that 9-11 uh, played into the hands of George W. Bush to uh, concoct some reason to invade Iraq, which he eventually did two years later. That's absolutely true. But to, to go from there to say, George Bush, less than a year in office, somehow coordinated a whole bunch of people going into the World Trade Center towers and planting explosives for a controlled demolition. Not only those two towers, but as you say, seven World Trade Centers where, as well. Despite the fact that pretty much everything that happened that day you could explain based on the conventional events of that day. Not only that, like um, there are much easier ways to fake a terrorist attack than mm -hmm. hijacking, uh, you know, two commercial airlines to crash into the, you know, two world. You know what I mean? Like it's again, it's like once you actually. It would be a prove, huge, huge production. Huge yeah. production. It would involve so, so, so many people who would, with with intimate knowledge of the event people who by now 20 years later would would have more than likely have come out with some sort of information about this um to me it's like this is where you get into very sloppy magical lazy thinking about how the world works you know what i mean so i think this is like this is again it's a really good example of like you don't need a conspiracy theory to to sort of get at what you're talking about and so the the conspiracy in this point conspiracy theory at this point is extraneous it's like it's mm. just an add on that you don't actually need to talk about but it's much less sexy and interesting to talk about the fact that you know uh george bush was like a lot of republicans saw zero difference between uh a terrorist group that came out of you know egypt and eventually you know uh, settled in the hills of pakistan or whatever it's like he saw no difference between them and like 
you know, the very secular uh, dictatorship in Iraq, um, but like tried to link that, you know what I mean? It's like, we can have that conversation, but it's much more boring. <laughs> you know, There's a lot of footnotes and like, you know, you'd have to know a little bit about political science. And it's like, this is, this is, so this is my whole issue in general. It's like a, a lot of this stuff is made up for no discernible or good reason. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's made up usually by someone, um, I don't know, who has a lot of sway, has a lot of charisma. And I, I'm so fascinated by like, these theories have to come from one person usually and then they get like added on to by other people in the chat group in the discord server um i would be so curious to know what it's like to put that out there as someone like to come up with these things and whether they actually believe that this has happened because it's clearly just like pulling events like okay this event this event okay i'm gonna stitch them together and uh, how often is that malice and how often is it just like creative people who are pretty bored and happen to have a following? Um, yeah, like this is this is the fact. So this is the thing I was thinking, should I mention at the top? This is the thing that I find tantalizing about conspiracy theories, but also like confounding. It's like I cannot. Like I, I often do these mental exercises, right? Like I try to be like, let's try to think like a right winger, right? Like, let me think like someone who's right wing. Let me sort of pretend what it would be like to believe the things that a right winger believes. Because I, I like to try to embody like what it is to hold this. Kind of, and I find with I conspiracy theories, well, you know, it's just like how I, I have to think this way because it's like how I keep myself in check, right? So, um, and it's also like how I think about how to counter people, you know what I mean? And, and so I try to, I just have to think this way. And I, whenever I try to do it with conspiracy theories, I fail because mm-hmm. I ultimately don't know to what extent there's a bit of like natural storytelling going on and embellishment and what it, and like, you know, you know, it's like this thing happened. It's like the same instinct with a lot of pathological, pathological liars. They'll tell these really ornate, uh, like, um, complicated lies that are just like castles in the sky uh but they just they they they, um they're doing it pathologically which means that it's this weird in-between space of like clearly they're doing it deliberately clearly they're they they know to some extent what they're doing but the only way it works for them psychologically is that they also believe what they're saying to some degree Mm -hmm. or maybe fully you know what i mean And this is the mindset that I cannot penetrate when it comes to conspiracy theories. Because when I try to think about this, do they earnestly believe this stuff? If they earnestly believed it, then they, to me, it's like if you earnestly believe something, you would go out of your way to try to prove it empirically, right? And this great vaunted thing that a lot of conspiracy theorists love to tout, they say, we are more scientifically knowledgeable than than non-conspiracy thinkers because... Uh, we care enough about this thing that we are willing to read academic papers uh, that support our point. And so we, we, you know, and we question the scientific consensus, which means we will read through papers that, you know, the scientific community uses to hold up these beliefs and try to poke holes in them. You know what I mean? So we actually know the literature more than you, which is true to some extent. Mm-hmm. But what they what they don't do is they don't actually follow the scientific methods <laughs> that these papers adhere to at the same time right so they it's just don't... it's all confirmation bias going exactly, on exactly exactly yeah. it's very difficult for me to think the same way 
or to try to imagine what it would be to believe in a conspiracy theory to the same passionate degree that people on TikTok, for example, subscribe to conspiracy theories, right? Like that woman on the airplane who, who like was having a, 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 a panicky moment and who said, um, the person who next to me, I don't believe they're real, right? Hmm. And so like, if you look at that video, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, by the way. Mm -mm. Have you seen this? I do okay. not. So I don't know why she ended up in my feed a lot, but this woman, <laughs> this woman, this is, and I, I swear, because I'm interested in this stuff, I think because I chase it a little bit and then it comes back to me and can just, cause you're, I feel like your TikTok, your TikTok feed is, feed is like your id, you know, it's like, it's like, oh, your, yeah. uh, you know, it's like, your, it's like your dark it's, underbelly. It's confirming all the things you believe and also yeah. the things that you fight against that you absolutely yeah. don't want to believe. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, you see what you get, you know, it's like, you see what's going on in the, in the nasty part of your, your mind. Yes. yes. So anyway, she shows up on my feed all the time. So what happened was, is she was this woman um, uh, before, I think it was an American Airlines flight. And before it took off, she she all the videos start after she starts talking. But essentially, what happens is you see her walk to the front of the plane. She's like, I want to. She says to some, you know, uh, flight attendant, I want to get the fuck off this plane. Like, I don't want to be here. And then at some point, she says something like, "The guy ne next to me is not real." Um, and uh, clearly, she's freaked out and she wants off the plane. Now, when I first saw that, I thought, okay, maybe she's had too much to drink. But apparently, that wasn't the case. But I thought maybe she's having you know, some sort of episode, like I know a lot of bipolar people who've gone, you know, they have very, or, you know, they have manic episodes where they, a narrative is very, very true in their head and they believe the narrative and it causes them to do crazy. This happens all the time, right? There's documented cases of this happening. Um, but even if that wasn't the case, there's like a whole number of things that you could think of um, that led up to this moment that don't involve an actual. And so what most people on, on TikTok immediately jumped to the conclusion that she had sat next to a shapeshifter. This is legitimately all these videos being like, oh, it's a shapeshifter. And what is American Airlines going to do about the shapeshifter? And like the shapeshifter's eyes closed in, you know, this vertical way as opposed to like it's a lizard person. You know what I mean? And it's like to jump from this video of this woman having a panic attack on an air, air, air flight to saying shapeshifters are real. <laughs> Discounting the fact that like there is almost zero video evidence of this ever happening in every any other context um, is is so like part and parcel with the weirdness and the inscrutability and and uh, the unsympathetic nature of conspiracy theories to me. It's like why there's like so mm -hmm. many more obvious explanations for this than than jump. You know what I mean? And it's clear that there, there's some sort of like anyway. Yeah, there's a well known disorder. Uh, I believe it it's in the frontal lobe um, where people will start to disbelieve that people are real. Um, I actually want to look it up and just say yeah. what, what it's called um, um, due to the magic of editing. I can do this. Yeah. So uh, uh, while you do that, I will say that uh, Tony, I think his name is Tony Donato. So he was a member of um, SCTV. Uh, so that's obviously the famous show with Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy and all these old great Canadian comedians. Um, uh, he had that condition and he quite, he, he said his wife was not his wife. His wife was not the person she said she was. Uh, he didn't believe his brother who, and he, he was unfortunately had to, I think he had to, he was committed to an institution and, and he died there very tragically at a very, at a hmm. younger age. So um, now I think this case is a little different because this person is a perfect stranger. And usually I think this, this happens with loved ones. Right. Um, but yeah, no, that's a good legitimate condition that people have. Mm -hmm. um, so the internet yeah. says 
this is called solipsism. Oh, individuals. Uh, th- but too. I think there's something else. There's some. No, there's disorder. a legitimate. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Oliver Sacks wrote about it as well. It's like a legitimate thing where you, uh, for almost no reason whatsoever, believe that your loved one is an imposter. Yeah. Yeah, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what that's called, but yes, yeah. I have heard of that. And I'm sure that that's probably what was going on there. But yeah, that did so not guess, come across my FYP. So I guess my issue in general is like um, this kind of thinking where you would see something slightly out of the ordinary on social media or in the news. And this thing now where there's, it seems like there's an arms race to like uh, posit the most outrageous conspiracy theory based on those events that is entirely new and i feel like it's getting worse and i hate to i don't like I, it makes me sound like a thousand years old because I'm, I'm worrying about this for the next generation <laughs> but it does seem to me to be a problem and i don't have the knowledge to say with confidence what the cause is like i can speculate obviously i think a lot of people would say well and I think you and I talked about this offline a little bit about, you know, the fact that uh, we no longer have, like, it's no longer a universe in which there are four news networks and, like, you know, three major national newspapers of import. Um, and, in fact, most people don't even get their news that way. And um, so I think media literacy has completely, you know, um, like, even... Like, I think this ties really closely, and I've talked about this on TikTok before. This thing that really annoys me um, is when I'll watch a, a TikTok, say, like, it could be anything. Like, usually it's like a plane crashing or um, some sort of major incident, right, where a building catches on fire. And the comments will be, like, you know, very stupid. They'll be like, like, the pilot didn't see that coming. Or, like, a few months ago, it would have been, like, worst best pilot in Ohio or something. But you'd have to scroll all the way down to actually find details on when this incident happened, who was involved, what caused it. And I feel like that, like, to me, that's the first thing I want to know. And, and I'm speaking as a former journalist, so I feel like part of that is, like, innate to who I am as a person. But I also feel like most people should think this way, right? Like, if you see something crazy on social media... Wouldn't you want to know more about it? You know what I mean? Or true crime. That's a whole other thing when this happens. Well, mm-hmm. you'll randomly see a video of someone in a trial and they're being convicted, but there's no details whatsoever on what the crime was, the context of it, uh, what they were actually convicted for, who this person is, nothing. And and the, and the comments on that post will be like immediately like, this person should rot in hell uh, for what they did. We don't know what they did. You don't know who they are. You don't even know what this is from or what year it is. Like, and to me, it's like, I feel like conspiracy theories are kind of tied to this, ultimately tied to this this weird lack of curiosity that people mm-hmm. now have about the world around them in some some way, you know? And a detachment from reality, an essential yeah. detachment. The thing that we talked about offline, which I think is sort of like an overarching theme here, is there are no universally agreed upon facts, it seems, anymore. And a lot of that is the lack of good education anymore, um, which makes me really sad. Um, You know, the people who grew up in my grandfather's time, my grandfather was born in 1945, uh, they had news that they could watch and agree upon and have some solid set of like agreed upon things that 
that people could like, there was no debating the reality. You could debate, debate opinions about the reality. And now, um, because of the uh, just absolute cesspool that is all of our information, every, but everything is presented alongside other information. There is no hierarchy of respectability in information really anymore. And there are good things about that. Um, we've lost all specialty. We've lost all uh, respect for like credentials. Um, and essentially all the people born now, like of the younger generation have just this inherent distrust in any fact that is presented to them. So where the older generation, there's a really interesting um, like offhand statistic I heard about sharing fake news on Facebook or on social media that it had nothing to do with your political affiliation and it had everything to do with your age. So if you are more likely to share like Hillary Clinton bullshit or Trump bullshit made up stuff if you're older. Um, and I think it's just like the older generation, like, oh my God, this is presented to me. So it has to be like a fact because it's part of the news. Yeah. And the younger generation, like there is everything has to be discounted. Nothing can be respected anymore. And I think that puts us in a, some really weird places um it can put us in some really weird places and it's like it's incredibly creative um i was yeah. like isn't it so fun that they ended up at shapeshifter like what yeah. kind of a world <laughs> do we live in how like how what this is such a fairy tale like place that we live in um and it's well, funny it's just, because we'll go ahead I actually hate fiction as a person. I don't deal well with like constructed realities. I don't know if like my trauma is like, I just don't trust when people are making shit up. Um, I, so I, I live in the world of nonfiction and I love nonfiction yet. I'm someone who's still um, a bit susceptible to like um, that stranger than reality. And I think I just kind of want it to exist. Like part of me is just like, I kind of want, to believe that some of the world is magical, that there are things that are going on that I don't know about. And um, ultimately, I think those that end up in a lot of conspiracy theories are just looking for control. They're looking yeah. to control and find a unifying theory for their world that makes them feel comfortable. Yeah. And this is the thing, like normally on, on, you know, on some perspectives I can, I can sort of imagine from their, but this is the thing, like I, it feels that that feels convincing to me as an explanation, but I truly don't know. Like sometimes I wonder, I question myself, is it about comfort? Is it about living in a world with simple explanations? Like that sounds right. But, you know, I, I honestly don't know, you know, um, but just coming back to the education piece, like it's really interesting, right? Um, like one of the great cliches about, you know, a good education and certainly university education is that it teaches you critical thinking skills. And I remember every time I heard this, like my eyes would roll, like, it's just like, it's this cliche that you hear constantly. But as I get older, I really do think that's kind of like the, that's kind of the separator at some point. And I don't know, I can't, couldn't point to a specific moment when I learned like this is, but like, I just go through life with this extremely vivid critical lens on everything mm -hmm. that I hear and see. Right. So, um, and this applies in different contexts. It's not, it's not the same lens to everything that I see or hear. And so to give you an example, like, 
So if I watch a TikTok and it's two guys on a podcast and they're talking about like a woman in Canada who saw, who saw, you know, who, who, let, who they videoed like a deer. This is an actual thing, by the way. They, they put a videotape uh, to see who's eating these deer that they leave out or whatever. And then they, they randomly see these two naked women show up and eat the deer. And they're like, uh, and they're like, it's really spooky and weird. And immediately my brain's like, well, that's really interesting. I wonder what that's all about. And so immediately I go online to search about it. And I just know through how to Google and where, where to look, I immediately find a story that, that, that reveals that the whole thing is an elaborate hoax. Right. And I do this constantly. I see a dumb TikTok where it's clearly two guys who have like, and to me, it's just like, that's easy because I know that, um, you know, if it's a ghost story or if it's something fantastical, it's almost certainly going to be fabricated. And if it isn't, there's probably a likely explanation for what it is. And maybe there's a rare instant where it's truly something that we can't explain. And that's tantalizing and cool to me. Uh, but just to eat it wholesale, it's just like, that's boring. That's boring. That means like there's just creepy stuff everywhere all the time and it's unremarkable. But to me, it's like, I need to peel the layers of the onion to get to the nub of something to, you know, because then, it, then it, only then does, is it truly interesting for me. But then a lot of people will be like, you know, when you when you sort of crap on conspiracy theories, they're like, well, do you believe everything the mainstream media is, says is true? <laughs> I'm like, no, but I, and I also look at media stories with a critical lens, but the context is completely different because I know how media works. And so what I have to explain to people is like, the New York Times can't just print total bullshit in the paper. They will get sued, right? And there, there are people called libel lawyers who uh, are on full-time retainer by the biggest news media organizations for this very reason. And so reporters now, um, you know, they know that anything that they report on is going to be highly scrutinized by fact checkers. And if it's a particularly sensitive story, that's going to be highly scrutinized by lawyers, right? So whatever they report has to be accurate. But what what they choose to report on, that's where bias creeps in, that's, right? And this is what I have to yes. explain to people. This is going to... Um touch on a topic that I would love to expand on with you, but I'm just going to lightly tap <laughs> the topic right now, which is um, we have lost a lot of the outlets for identity in our lives. We've also lost a lot of the outlets for um, spirituality and ceremony and um, uh, life Tra not life transformations, rites of passage. There are no rites of passage anymore. Um, and I think a lot of the issues that we see around conspiracy theories and like identity politics are actually stemming back to the fact that we don't um, have a lot of like church affiliation anymore. And like, that's where we really could go before to be like, the world is magic and like a guy made the world and like there's all these this allegory and we get to like experience that and the nerds that I know like the people who are close to my heart they do a lot of like fan fiction and like they live in the world of like um the hunger games and like all those uh there's like a needed outlet for that what's interesting so now so a lot of people talk about what they call like lazy materialism, which is just sort of the default belief that, you know, because physics has, has proven the existence of the atoms that all we are is like uh, material and there's no spiritual dimension, right? And to me, it's like, well, that's that's just like we've evolved from what used to be lazy deism, right? So that mm -hmm. there was a society in like the 30s, 40s and 50s, more or less, roughly, roughly speaking, where it was still like, there was still like mainline denominational Christian churches and 
people went to the churches not necessarily because believed everything in fact a lot yeah. of times they didn't really believe it but it was just this general like place you went to because that's what the community did and it was like yes society in general had this very sort of plain jane belief that there was a god that you know <laughs> probably christian maybe if you're in an american <laughs> context that you know if you if you're a good person you go to the good place if you are a bad person you go to the bad place and that was sort of you know and that was sort of the you know you, you see it you watch old black and white movies you, you there's like a general sense of the culture that you know um, it wasn't this like fundamental, and I'm not talking about this, like the current sort of right wing, you know, revisionist history of the 1950s. That's not what I'm talking about. It was just a very lazy, soft. Deism, yeah. And right? it was just not, not that big of a deal. Not that big of a deal. Not a yeah. lot of like, you know, yet, well, there's a lot of anti-Semitism and racism and all these other right. things, obviously, but like generally no one was getting into these big debates. Like, you know, there, there was, there was there, the hardcore atheists weren't screaming at each other yet. You know, that was like the future problem or whatever. And then that sort of evolved over time. And then, you know, we got up to the eighties, nineties and two thousands. And then I think we got into what we call sort of lazy materialism. And so I, you know, I speculate this often is like, I think, you know, one idea for why people are invested in conspiracy theories is because uh, we no longer talk about metaphysics, right? Like we don't talk about um, the inherent existence of meanings beyond, mm -hmm. you know, beyond the material universe. Right. Um, and, uh, and, you know, it's just, again, just show my cards that I'm not, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a hardcore atheist or materialist. Like I, I think there are a lot of interesting things going on in consciousness studies that question the materialist basis of the universe. Right. Um, so, you know, so, but all that aside, I think, I think there is like a, a, a general hunger um to look beyond the obvious sort of facet of our universe for something deeper and maybe conspiracy theories are a way we can sort of do that but again i i um i'm reticent to like throw all my cards into that pile because i uh i just can't i can't get my head around what what it's like to live in the conspiracy theory universe of like just believing in all these things so i don't know but maybe that's one explanation right there's something that I wanted to say much earlier and like, where does this come from? So I'll just put it in here. But um, I have known some really like, I would say pathological liars, like people <laughs> who really don't know the difference between when they're lying and when they're telling the truth. And the way that those people operate is just like, all reality is subjective. Um, and my truth is subjective. My truth changes based on what I need people to do. So it's a very like deliberate um, controlling, like control other people's uh, reactions and their information. And those people, they don't do it out of malice. Usually the people that I've been close to, and I've been very close to the, some of them, um, they are deeply traumatized and they grew up in a situation where um, none of their actual needs were respected. And so they they come from a place of manipulation at all costs. They don't have any true um, human relationships. All their human relationships are to force other people to do things or like they don't believe they have any, any inherent worth. So th their boundaries are completely... Um, they have no personal like boundaries and they just believe that all everybody is lying to everybody else. Everybody is manipulating everybody else. Hmm. And I think 
that that's probably what's going on. Um, that with is some super of- interesting. Sorry, I had to interrupt you to just say this is fascinating to me and much more plausible than any other idea that I've heard thus far on this subject. Yeah. And I think like you have these very charismatic, very traumatized people who have never had any self-esteem, who gain these followings and they're like, um, now we must all live in the evangelism of our belief together. This is how I've created my community. And it's not that much different than a preacher creating community around how they interpret the Bible. Um, it's a very yeah. like sim- like similar um, evangelistic way of being. Um, I completely lost the other thing that I was going to say. Um, well, just, just to chime in while you remember, um, I, the reason I find this compelling is because I think I mentioned this earlier is I, I find that conspiracy theorists are less interested in evangelizing their view of what's really going on. Right. Because usually conspiracy theorists, their way in is to question the official record on something. That's what they are interested in talking about. Right. So like with the moon landing, um, they're much less interested in talking about why NASA, like they'll mention it. They'll say, well, it's, uh, but they'll mention it only in passing as a, as a plausible motive, which is, you know, that the U S had to win the space race at all costs. And, and, you know, they, they had this 10 year limit and they couldn't do it. Like that's all after the fact, what they're really interested in talking about is poking holes. And like the fact that the moon landing was, was filmed on a sound studio somewhere in Los Angeles or whatever. Um, uh, but I find your idea, like I can, so I can actually plausibly think that someone who, as you say, is suffering from this kind of trauma, who literally does not believe anyone is telling them the truth, because maybe they've been brought up in a situation where they rightfully had the instincts to question literally anything anyone was telling them about how the world worked. To me, that fits much more in line with how conspiracy theorists operate. Because like I said, to me, they're they're less interested in proving to you that their motive behind this yeah or what the actual thing is they don't care about that what they're much more wanting to do is to prove or to make you question the lie is happening yeah and or the official story of something right right because you have to again it's like not obvious why someone would question whether the earth was curved or not it's not obvious why someone would question if 9-11 was an inside job it's not obvious like those things are they don't point to an obvious conclusion, but that's not also what's most interesting to me uh, or uh, to conspiracy theorists about getting across. You know, I could see that with like something like vaccinations. Right. And that's really um, to me, that makes the perfect sense as like a nexus of conspiracy theory, because not only does it involve government, it involves a government health agency, but it also involves something as intimate as like injecting something into your body and your children's mm-hmm. body and also being told you must do this, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's this like confluence of things like bodily violation, the government saying it knows best for you, you know, all these things. And again, this is why I find your theory about sort of, you know, the trauma, like, because if you're someone for whom government has like promised you things in the past and yes. failed to deliver, if maybe you live in a red state where like you've seen devastation from from natural disasters and nothing's been done, or you know um, you, you've struggled in poverty and no one's helped you for the longest time, and now the government wants to force you to take take an injection for your own good and for the good of society, like to me, of course, you would naturally question that, right? So. So again, I find I find your thread, or at least that sort of reasoning, much more compelling uh, than sort of some of the the less interesting 
And I'm question. I'm saying to this to myself too, because I've come up with very pat, simplistic explanations for conspiracy theories. But, um, but yeah, I, think, notice, I think that makes sense. Notice that the times in history that people are more stressed and people are not getting their needs met, we see this um, politics melding with identity and this sort of extremism, and then in the relative good times, you see sort of the, what did you call it? Lazy deism. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You see like more of a lazy, like what I see in my mind, like intuitively when you say lazy deism is of the fifties is like, yeah, most people are ha have their needs met. Like they're not particularly stressed out. And so they can't really be swayed by like, believe in this thing. Cause they're like, I kind of just want to go see a movie, um, you know, and now, like, I feel we have much less, uh, we're much less okay at this particular time. And it's not like the ultimate time that this has ever happened. This happens over and over again in, hi in history. We have crises, periods of crisis. We have periods of um, relative calm. And but notice when we are in crisis, when people are not getting their needs met, we see much more of like, the uh the need to believe in something really grand and big and aggressive even mm -hmm. um and i think the aggressiveness comes from us trying to solve our own anxiety just like we live in a very very high anxiety time and we're trying we're looking for control um looking for ways to both understand and take action against things which is is the more scary thing about these online communities that develop and sometimes storm the capital yeah i mean it, i mean in a broader historical context i think it's also important to probably point out and i could be wrong on this but i i feel like um human beings thinking conspiratorially is probably a much older practice than the sort of slight period we had of like scientific consensus in the 20th century um and if you think about the mid 20th century because we're talking about the 30s 40s 50s i mean that it's funny, everyone looks to that period as like the sort of uh, the, what we consider normal America, right? Like in terms mm -hmm. of the, if you look at Republicans, but yeah, but it's it's such a unique and abnormal period in in like, you know, history, at least in, in, in American history and certainly probably in the Western world or whatever, because, uh, you know, you just had, first of all, you had a very left leaning president who won like three consecutive terms in the 1930s to deal with the depression and he and that was the president that took america into a war in which everyone pitched in yes uh, to um you know in a nationalistic effort to you know to help uh the allied powers against the nazis or whatever so there's already this very like strong civic nationalistic fervor that existed in america and so that went into the 1950s um and of course beliefs in america at that time were very homogenous so again like this lazy deism we talked about but also like mass media had just started, but it was very concentrated. So there were only a few networks and a few newspapers and a few trusted voices in media. So this is very like artificial period in, mm -hmm. in history. And also, oh, and this was like also the advent of like public research and science. So like some of the greatest discoveries, um, technological and scientific discoveries in human history happened throughout, you know, a little earlier, but into, into the 1950s and 60s. So it's a very sort of time capsule, very unique moment in human history. And then, of course, that eventually, you know, over time has unraveled a lot since then for various reasons we don't get into now. But I think it's just interesting that um, I think keeping in mind, like if we look to then as like that was the sort of golden age of like 
where everyone was on the same page and no one was conspiratorial minded and people believed in government and, and, you know, corporate and, and income taxes were super high and like people believed in the power of government and that it could do good. And there was the polio vaccine and that saved millions of lives. Like we look to this as normal, but in fact, that is probably the most abnormal period that we could think of. And everything outside of that, where we question everything the government does and we believe in like shapeshifters and, and <laughs> vaccines are filled with poisons that are going to turn on. You know what I mean? That's probably way more normal. And what's mm -hmm. actually happening now is we're just like, we're reverting back to the sort of default mode of human existence, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And how interesting is it that both parties look to that time in different ways and say yeah. how wonderful it was uh, Republicans ideologically um, and leftists more economically, the high taxes, the giving away the vaccine for free, et cetera. Um, and yeah, you have to also look you're... to whose voices were being repressed to make that period happen too. Right. So like, you know, the, the Roosevelt and the, the new deal was very, you know, there's a lot of racial uh, bias in, 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 in how that was implemented. And, and obviously like segregation was very much still on the book. So there's a lot of things that like, you know, that we still even left to see as benign about that period that it still involved a lot of regressive uh, politics as well. Mm -hmm. And I would make the argument that we had to have a lot of sameness in order to have unity at that time. Yeah, and definitely. Th though we experience a lot more turmoil today, we are allowed to own our individuality more. We're allowed to not agree with the group which is in a way it sucks because we can't all agree on something and we can't make anything happen, which is also not great. Uh, but remember to have consensus, like, yeah, there's not a lot of individuality allowed and we're, we're always looking for a perfect balance between those things. Um, so, and of I course, wonder if that, well, go ahead. Of course, we've started to talk about uh, things that are loosely, uh, connected to conspiracy theories but again conspiracy theories are all um rotating around this sort of identity politics and um like understanding facts which i would say like leftists are willing to engage with facts and i don't see any part of the right that's willing to like have facts <laughs> yeah but i'm wondering i, I mean so, so as i think about this more now um, I'm wondering if maybe what, because right now the way it works is like, there's this sort of embattled scientific community that's like pleading constantly on social media, like, and they're, they're constantly <laughs> battling with people questioning everything that they say or do. Right. Like, so there's like full-time, there's full-time accounts on Twitter of like people saying, no, CERN isn't like opening alternate universes. It's not causing the Mandela effect. No, vaccines aren't like poison. No, you know, like they spend literally more than half their time arguing against uh, conspiracy theorists that, uh, you know, that the way they think about the world is wrong. So maybe what needs to happen instead is like the scientific community and rational people at large need to maybe come to terms with the fact that we're actually just re-entering a period of human culture that is actually more the norm. Um, and that we need to understand, well, how can we, how can we advance civilization or maintain scientific discourse in a world in which wild conspiratorial thinking is, is going to become the norm, right? Like maybe we just, as opposed to the feeling that we need to just like whack-a-mole every single mm -hmm. new conspiracy theory that comes to light, we need to just accept this 
as like an inevitable cultural force that is going to exist in its own right, um, but continue to make progress anyway. Like, like, so instead of thinking, how do we create the perfect PSA or the perfect like information campaign to counter vaccine disinformation the next time there's a, um, you know, public health crisis, maybe we need to discuss how do we do public health in a world where conspiracy theories are the norm, you know, and not the exception. I actually think when you try to counter something and say, no, it's real, um, or no, you're wrong, uh, you energize an issue, which is why I never do that on TikTok when I get people um, saying things like, I I just don't respond because I think it lends uh, credence to people who do that. So I don't know, if I was a scientist, I would just be like, this is my science. Um, it's just existing yeah. here. Yeah. I mean, because that's the 19th century model, right? Where, I mean, the 19th century is probably a great model for how we could move forward in many ways because science at that point was like the purview. It wasn't even necessarily like, we always think of science and academia as like really closely knit together. But a lot of science was just like bored clergymen, you know, doing stuff <laughs> in their backyard with botany, right? Like that was the 19th century. And meanwhile, like there were all sorts of wackadoodle theories that we mm -hmm. completely forgot about. Like most people believed in like... um spiritualism right or or mm -hmm. like uh or phrenology people, or like people were eating mercury um yeah those exactly. people died those people died yeah. so it worked out it worked itself out yeah people <laughs> thought it was a legitimate science to go you know on the one hand you would talk about probably legitimate theories about how electrons and electricity worked but on the other you would go to a seance that evening and think nothing of the fact that we could discuss what was going on in the afterlife legitimately right right so, right Maybe what we need to do is to go back to the night. Like, there's, there's many reasons why we wouldn't, want it, but just to maybe think about how science progressed in a century where there was no real mainline con like consensus on what science was, or even what the world was, and explanations for how the world worked. Right, um, where there was a sort of plethora of voices on on this side or the next thing. Um, unfortunately, I think the one area where we are going to suffer a lot is, is uh, public health because that is unfortunately the one. Yeah. You have that's to the one have cooperation. Exactly. The whole yeah. thing is based around the idea that it's like an all or nothing prospect. Right. And what, what's really infuriating to, to me about vaccine stuff is like, uh, if you actually study, like, I think I've said this before, anyone can do this. You can literally just go on the internet, go to Wikipedia and just read how uh, vac the vaccination process works. It's like the most boring bodily process you could imagine. It's something we do all the time. And in fact, like people who question like the artificial artificial nature of vaccinations, they're actually it's it's just it's just like taking advantage of one of the most naturalistic processes mm -hmm that we have, right? Mm -hmm. Like the artifice of vaccines um, and, and traditional vaccines, there's almost no artifice because you're taking literally dead or inactivated uh, uh, virus and like, and getting your body to recognize it, which is like the most natural process you could imagine. So it's just really frustrating to me. That's something that is so boring and, t and like normal for human bodies has been like blown up into this thing where we're getting this poison into our bodies. Like it's really unfortunate, but um but yeah, maybe that said, well, maybe it's that they tried to make science interesting. Maybe they tried to turn it into pop science and pop psychology and get clicks. Maybe that's the problem because there's yeah. other there's other stuff in our uh, 
society that's just like, yeah, that's kind of boring. We're not really focused on it. Um, it just exists. And I think science needs to go back to that. Maybe, you know, this is this is how I think. I think this is like getting into the Freudian aspect of this. I think the idea of a needle going into an arm, mm -hmm. of a fluid going literally visibly going into your body that you've been mandated to take by some sort of government agency. I just think that itself is the problem. If like, if they could find a way to get you vaccinated by like, I don't aerosol. know. Aerosol. Aerosol. Uh, or even if they just put it in the water supply, like fluoride, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. um, then people, people could get filters for that. And the rest of us could just be like, you know what I mean? Like if they figured out a delivery system that wasn't so medical or medicine-y or something can you, you know, imagine then... the conspiracy theory backlash <laughs> to we've put it in the water supply just wanted to let you know uh you yeah. can buy this filter at target if you don't want it yeah or actually this is what they should do they should they should find a way to work with natural health or natural product people to sort of yeah, this is what they should have done. They should have marketed vaccines as like a natural health movement, right? Yes, the same way that quinine and like bleach solution or whatever came into yeah. the, yes, exactly. You know, like, or what is it called? The, the, the silver that turns your skin blue or whatever. <laughs> like that sort Colloidal of thing. Like, silver. Colloidal yes. silver, that's the one, yeah. Um, but, you know, something like that, because... Because it is like, you can imagine, you know, there's a guy, I don't know if you know this account, this is a great TikTok account of a guy who, um, who rebrands uh, junk food products. Yes, as if they were health I love products. him. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And it's so brilliant. Like from yes. a market, you know, you work in marketing, you understand? I work in marketing. That's yeah. all that's ever happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marketing. So like, yes. exactly. And it's so brilliant and subtle. And I feel like you could see something for vaccines that's like very similar, like um, like uh, t like t harnessing your body's own uh, adaptive power, like uh, like you know supercharging it, just like the way you take like powdered protein or whatever, you know, like yeah. because it is very, it's very similar. It's very very similar. It's a very similar idea. It's like taking something your body does naturally anyway to like, you know what I mean? And a lot of like you know, and you see this like with deep immune natural products and like immunity boosting essential oils. Like it's just, it's like, to me, it's like a half step from that to like something, you know? So I feel like this is coming back to what I said earlier. This is what I think we need to be doing as opposed to like pushing against the tide of disinformation is just like, how do we market this better? You know, like yeah, how do we, this how is do we a, think outside the box? This is a box? secret hack. Yeah, exactly. We love exactly like, secret hacks that nobody else knows about because it's doctors don't our want individuality. You to know this, yeah, doctors don't yes. want you to know this one weird trick. Like, I don't know if you, I get this really annoying ad on TikTok now with this guy who's like figured out how to, you know, stop migraine headaches and he has this weird <laughs> balloon thing coming out of his <laughs> ear. And I'm like, I'm like, all right. And it literally says something like, doctors don't want you to know this. Like, you could imagine some underground. That, like doctors don't want you to know this secret you know like anyway just something like that because again i think you're absolutely right i think we just need to accept it's like it's like newspapers not accepting that you know the digital revolution has already taken place and it's over right um so i think maybe uh the public health world needs to like lay down its arms because we're just living in a world where this stuff is going to be the norm for all time you know we're talking about in inoculations if you want to inoculate yourself against conspiratorial or just like lazy thinking in general. I think reading a book like Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman is a great start because it's just a great, great, great resource in terms of how 
to just go through your world and look at the information you're being fed and to give you a set of ways to question that information that will stick with you for the rest of your life and serve you incredibly well. Right. Well, for all of those interested in asking good questions about the reality that they have accepted in their life and to not fall down the rabbit hole of the conspiracy theories, get that book. And for all the people <laughs> who are not interested in challenging their beliefs and who would like to stay in the same place, um, don't download that get a book. TikTok account, <laughs> get a TikTok account and just yeah. see, <laughs> go nuts. see where your confirmation bias wants to go. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's been so nice talking to you today. I, uh, yeah, you too. Yeah. A little bit of an abrupt ending there, but I think we're getting better at it. If you are interested in bonus episodes, you can head over to Patreon linked in the episode notes. And there you can subscribe, and we will be releasing bonus episodes monthly. It's also just a great way to support us if you like what we do, and we really appreciate you.